The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 60 of the MX Vice show podcast. It's motocross time. The Italian championship is going to start this weekend. Something for us all to look forward to. And a weekend off from Supercross, something not to look forward to. In the studio with me is Rob from Jukebox Beats. And on the line is MX Vice editor and influencer, Lewis Phillips. Hi. You all right? How are you, Lewis? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm not too bad. Um... It would be GP round one this weekend. Really? In a normal world. Like wow. this week this weekend last year was Matley. So wow. that's on my mind. Um Yeah. We move. Or not. It's just disappointing, but that's alright. Never mind. Eighty seven days to go. Well, there seems to be some light at the end at the end of the tunnel. Um, especially in the UK. Well, I didn't want to bring it up. But I'm getting my vaccine this weekend, so technically I'm ready to start GPs. Technically, that makes you high risk. Well, I'm I'm getting a vaccine on Sunday, so if we want to get the GPs moving next weekend, I'm there. That's all I'm saying. I don't know if in front, like like I can do timing, I can ride, I'll do whatever it takes. You can ride. Yeah, well, no one else is going to be there, are they? I'll be. I imagine I'm like one of five people in MXGP to have the vaccine. I can I'm imagine. Like I can imagine you as a travelling marshal. One of those travelling marshals that uh, everybody's watching and then you fall off. I was going to be the travelling marshal at a race once and I, and I didn't do it for one reason only. Because of, in my head, the idea of like something happening to me, like my bike breaking or me crashing and getting stuck under my bike whilst being a travelling marshal traumatised me so much I didn't want to run the risk. <laughs> you know that would happen to you as well. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, I'm just going to make a tit of myself. It's uh, good to be back. Is this eight in a row now? Yeah, I'm actually quite like if everyone was listening before Christmas, I was actively talking about ditching James because he was um, struggling with consistency, and I feel like that's really given him a kick up the ass because here he is eight in a row. Like he's had some. I'm not gonna lie to people. Just a little look behind the scenes. He's had some wobbly moments. Like last week, he messaged me and said, "I don't think we should do a podcast this week. There's nothing to talk about." And I was like, "Come on, James, that's not the attitude." And here we are, eight in a row. See, the other side of the coin is that you messaged me going. Yeah, I don't. I think we should probably miss this one. No, I don't know if I've done that lately. Yeah, yeah, I've got Slack messages here. I can outline them all and put them online for you if you want. I think. I mean, what you'll find is I message you lately saying, a "Bit worried that there's nothing to talk about on the podcast this week." And then my my follow up message was, "I'll have a think and sort it out." I think what you'll find is you kind of like to put yourself over as this uh, uh, the perfect Lewis, and then behind the scenes, it's like me with a, a, some sellotape trying to wrap you up. What me is me with some sellotape trying to fuck a piece of things together. <laughs> okay. Thank you to our ever-present sponsors, Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstrix, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, and of course, Talon Engineering. 
Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. So, when do we have uh, a new Formula Helmet competition coming out of this? Um, next week. Ah, okay. I'm kind of. I'm not gonna lie. The whole February twenty eighth thing is like throwing me off quite a lot. Why? Because it's two days shorter. Yeah, it's really like throwing me off. To be honest, it's like okay. a, It's like I'm in a vortex, an alternative universe where the months only have twenty eight days. <laughs> Christ, that is a little little bit dramatic. Well, it's eighty seven days to go until MXGP, so you're gonna be dramatic, James. Okay, well, to uh, whet your appetite on the upcoming MXGP season, uh, there are some notable names uh, that have been uh, on the entry list for Rio. Is it Riola Sardo? Yeah. Sardo? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that a good pronunciation? Uh, it would do. Okay. So, um, if you didn't know, uh, yeah, the, basically the European season will get underway this weekend. Uh, the first round of the 2021 International D'Italia Series will be run at Riola Sarda. Hold on, hold up, hold up. That sounds like you've just read that from somewhere. <laughs> Your article. Yeah, that's uh, what I was, hey, that sounds like something I would write as to introduce the entry list. Mm. Yeah, maybe I should use this a lot more often. Um, this is where we're at now. So this is like, I'm, my contribution to the podcast is my opinion is that your contribution is reading back to me what I've previously written. Yeah, I just realized that I could do even less work now by just reading out your stuff. Okay, we're back to the point where I'm, I'm actively looking for a replacement. <laughs> this is, it's like, I feel like a kid who's just discovered a new toy. This is amazing. So, MX1 entry list. Uh, are you excited about this, Lewis? Are you going to be watching? I'm only excited about it because there's no Supercross, because it's like, oh, fuck, there's no Supercross. Oh, well, there's that. If the Supercross was on, I probably wouldn't be because it's like, it's just a bit like, well, MXGP is a long way away. So, but no, it'll be all right. Fev, like, I don't, I'm a bit nervous about how many people are actually going to turn up, but Fevra's definitely doing it. Olsen's definitely doing it. Um, Lupino's definitely doing it. Van Horbeck's definitely doing it. Usen's definitely doing it. Crowley and Prado? Definitely doing it. I don't know about Crowley and Prado. I would imagine so. I, I would imagine Prado would be, but Crowley's only been back on the bike for like two weeks. So I don't know if he would, but he's doing a week. I see he's doing like a week of testing at the moment. So maybe that's what it's for. But I'm a bit, um, I'm a bit uh, apprehensive as to how many people will actually show up. But no. Are Fatshi Yamaha team there? Koldenoff is at the first one and then all three are at the second one. I don't know why. That is. If only we knew a journalist who could find out who had if close connections to the team. PR person. Hmm. Yeah. That would be really good. To be fair, I've not really got an answer. I have asked the question. It's just, it's just the way it is, by the sounds of it. Well, has Monique not got back to you? It's just, no, it's just the way it is. Okay. I don't really feel like there's, there's not a grand plan to it. It's just the way it is. I feel like I'm actually surprised how many people are doing it. 
considering GPs are 87 days away, like I would have imagined that everyone would have pulled out. But I think it makes sense for Koldenoff. It makes sense for, um, it definitely makes sense for Van Horvick. Jesus Christ. They've got to get some time on that bike, haven't they? It makes sense for Olsen. Like it makes sense for riders who are making changes because it's an opportunity to do a race, realize that actually you're miles off from where you need to be. And then you've got three months to work on that. Yeah, I just don't really see what the value is for people like Fevra who haven't really changed a thing. It's just like, well, you know what your stuff's like in a race situation, so like, yeah, but I guess new bikes, um, some new products, always good to test in a race situation. It's a little bit different than uh, just training um, on your own or with your teammate. Yeah, I guess so. But then they can do that at like La Capelle and the Dutch Championship closer to the GPs. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's a value for people who are making changes to race this early because they've then got three months to fix inevitable issues. Well, Lewis, maybe we don't want your opinion. Maybe we just want to see some motocross races. So maybe you just need to shut the hell up. It will be live streamed, and that'll be on MX Vice. So there is that. Well, if you could just try and turn it around a little bit and just say to the riders that it's really bloody important, because obviously... Live stream's going to be shit if the riders don't turn up. Well, no, they all no. Like a lot of the names on this list are will be there. I'm sure. Um, well, Not after they've listened to this podcast. To be fair, just basically... Geyser, Geyser was on the list, but I removed him before I put it on Amex Vice because he's not doing it. So okay. Well, there's probably a lot of people who, who aren't because they're just going to listen to your ideas about this is too early and just think, ah, fuck it. But no, Amex Two's done quite uh, quite cushy. So oh, hello, I got I got the promoter on the on the phone. Uh, somehow he's got wind of this. Well, I, I had um, I had an incident with a promoter of that series once. <laughs> was that at the uh, indoor supercross? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, tell the story. No, I don't know if I should. Why not? It's stupid, really. Not really. It's funny. You you rang you rang me fuming. I was fucking ready to launch something. Absolutely fuming. Well, no. So they, the promoters of this series ran a supercross in Holland in like four years ago so me and uh our videographer sean went over just two of us no like stress no not like we were putting a massive um thing on the series so i emailed beforehand and said i need two press passes and they were like yeah sure that's fine so we drove over driving 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 um and then got to the desk and we're like yeah we've got two press passes and they're like no you've only got one and i was like hold up what um and they're like, yeah, I've only got one. And I was like, yeah, but like, there's two of us here. And like, here's an email saying that you've confirmed two. And they're like, yeah, sorry, you've only got one now. And I was like, hold up. So I've just driven like eight hours. And that's, that's it. There's nothing we can do. You've just decided now that there's only one press pass. And they're like, yeah. And then I was like, hold on. Let me show, uh, let me show you like my phone. So I like stepped towards the desk with my phone and the guy behind there shit himself and was like, step back, step back. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I wasn't going to like launch myself at you. I was just trying to show you my phone. Like he genuinely thought I was going to be a bit rowdy. Yeah. And then after, after like half an hour going back and forth, somehow, some way I got us two press passes and we would only press people there. And I was like, <laughs> only press people. I had a press. I, we had a press room to ourselves, and I was like, "What was the issue?" Like, literally, I don't understand what the issue was. Did Did you take it up with him at all? Fair, no, I can't. Even, to be fair, I wouldn't even be able to recognise the bloke. But um, no, there was a lot of issues for me on that one because then and then practice finished, and I was like, "Where are the results?" And the woman, the timekeeping woman, was like, "Well, we don't have results." And I was like, "What? Like what?" 
So then I had to, then I sat with timekeeping to try and like help them publish the results. Cause I was like, we need to get these up guys. Like, can we not put them somewhere? Um, but it wasn't any notable riders there, was there? It wasn't yeah, like, yeah, a... there was Fevra guys <laughs> and Malcolm Stewart. That's just me being sarcastic. Oh. Yeah, we wouldn't have gone otherwise. Yes, Fevra guys are in uh, Malcolm Stewart. If you remember, Fevra went through a stage of like being supercross crazy. Like, he literally rode every super, any supercross he could get his hands on until he hit a wall in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh, but that, it was just funny what you said, how you said it. So, um, <laughs> thanks for that little story. Uh, MX2. One interesting, uh, well, notable name on here is Tim Edberg, who rode a few years ago with JWR. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Uh, mm. He had a quite quite a good EMX 250 series last year. I mean, yeah, you could say that's a notable name, but I'd go I'd lean more towards Iago Gertz or Mattia Guardanini myself. Yeah, sorry. I would say interesting for, for me um, because I'd like to see his progress. Okay, James. <laughs> <laughs> Like, fuck me. That's another one of your moments. Like when, like years, like a year ago, when you started the podcast by talking about Monticelli getting eleventh and how you thought he impressed you. Yeah, I'm. I'm very sorry. I'm just, yeah, just have an interest in seeing how people are developing from EMX 250. Yeah, I don't mean know what. Um, if Guardanini races, then that will be the most interesting thing. I think. Yep. Um, but aside from that, the MX2 class, I feel like it's quite cut and dry as far as what to expect. Gert should win that easily. And then Benestant. who? Benestant. Yeah, I'd imagine then Benestant, Guardanini, and um, Renault would be. I'm glad you said who. <laughs> no, I didn't hear what you said. I couldn't make out what you said. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah, I'd imagine those three would then be fighting for second and kind of jumping Ma- out by Maxime himself. Renault. Yes, yeah, that's what I said. Renault, Benestant, and Guardanini would then be battling for second, and then there'd be like another group behind there. Like I feel like it's quite cut and dry how the results will shake out. Whereas MX1... Mm. I, I'm kind of going with Albi Ferrato win. A 1-1. Okay, you can do that. I don't even think he's going to wear a helmet. I think he's just going to wear a straw hat and still win. But in, in comparison, MX1 should be like, I wouldn't know what would happen in MX1. Like, if Olsen came out and won, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I guess you'd put... Well, it, it all depends if Prado and Crowley race. But if Prado's racing, you would think that he would win. But yeah. Would it surprise you if Andrea Lascala won? There was a name on this list. I was like, that's not a name. Rodolfo Bicalo Sala? Yeah, that was a name. I was just like, there's not a rider called Rodolfo. That's just not, that's just not true. It's a great name. It's a man's name. But no, I'm, I'm a bit confused about why there's only 20 MX1 riders. I guess the list hasn't, I guess they just haven't really uploaded the list, uh, updated the list yet. But I'm actually going to take a little look now for you. I tell you what, if only we knew someone called Lorenzo Resta um, who could like clarify his points for us, that would so you be want really, to, you want really to helpful. Him, um, I don't think he's in charge of publishing the entry list. I think like, he's probably announcing. He can find out. He works for him. God, some investigative journalist you are. But I'm quite excited because I'm... Um, Half a ne- job, Harry. It's quite, I'm quite excited because next week there is going to be a lot of like stuff to talk about like i'm quite excited to like i can't wait to ring these riders and actually talk about a race can't imagine cold enough will answer my phone but um the rest i can't i can't wait to like actually talk about racing and everything so that's that's the most exciting part like jesus christ there's actually something to talk about with european riders what are you more excited about 
Uh, MXGP season starting, or are you going back to nightclubs? Well, I believe I'm in Indonesia the night that all that opens. I'm just trying to open the, the the no, I can't work the website. I can't see if the entries. I checked last night and the entry list hadn't been updated. So, yeah, I guess so. I guess is that's the, a lot. Is the um, that club the Blue Oyster? Uh, bar is it, is it still ev- is it still going in in Brighton? Are they going? I don't know what you're talking you? about. So I'm just going to scoot around what you're saying and ignore you. But um, no, no, I guess guess it's closed. No, I guess um, to be fair, I am. I will probably be more excited for this Italian thing than I make it out. I well, think yeah, it's yeah. just the um, it's just the unknowns about it. You know, well, like, no, you um, you kind of affect the rest of us though with your negativity. <laughs> To be honest, now like everybody listens to this, including myself, so oh, fuck it, what's the point? <laughs> well, I'm just a bit like, MXGP should be starting this weekend, and to be honest, it's bumming me out a little bit. It's crazy though, I was thinking about writing a story on this, like, this time last year, we were three days away from Matley Basin, right? Um, we were days away from seeing the gas gas bikes for the first time, and all of that, and like, just like, new season, new us, they're very exciting. And who would have thought the next 12 months from that point would include all of everything that's happened? Well, we did see little inklings of it. Um, oh, God, okay. I didn't, I didn't want to break down of, like, is that timelines? Just generally. The, look, listen. The funniest point of that whole season was just literally, was it seven days later in Valkensvard? That was the funniest. That is the funniest point of the season for me when literally you were still in denial that there is going to be no global pandemic and everybody should just... I'm sorry that I spoke to someone in a position of power and I said, should I get on a flight to Argentina? And they said yes. I'm sorry for that. It was just, it was just the, the pure disappointment of that, that it might not happen and, and you just would, would not accept it. Nope. Nope. I've been told. I've been told by the organiser that it's going to be on. I don't care what you say. It's the same. I remember Vulcan Sword in the press room. They announced that Trentino was cancelled, and I was just like, "No, we can't do that." <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just the funniest, the funniest, funniest time to be alive. Just li- literally, you looking in despair, just out the windows. If oh my god, what the hell am I going to do for the rest of the year? I wrote a um, column for On Track Off Road because I'm now an On Track Off Road columnist. Um, about like MXGP this year and how it's actually so much closer than people give it credit for. And it was kind of building off the idea that we were talking about last week about how I think that MXGP needs to have consecutive years without injuries to remind people of how good it is or can be, like the title fight. And Jesus, when I was writing it down, I was like, I genuinely don't know how this goes. It's like I, I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to look at like previewing the series. I mean, I know we're 87 days out, so I probably should hold off a little bit. But I'm starting to think about like what I can do for previews and whatnot and stuff like that. Um, and like I know I've said before, my head says Geyser, my heart says Hernans, and my gut says Prado. And I was thinking I really need to like get off a fence there and pick one of them. And I, it's like I don't, I genuinely, if you put a gun to my head now and said pick one, I don't know. I like. And then you've got Caroli, who really, if you look at it, we don't know what Caroli can do, which is weird to say, but hear me out. Like, we don't know if, if essentially Caroli was never healthy last year. Um, 
he came into Matley with a torn PCL. So at no point last year was Crowley actually healthy. And then the year before that, he missed a load of time with his shoulder. You could say that the first six or seven rounds of that season, he was at 100%. But then Hurlings wasn't there, and it was all just like a bit strange. Like, Geyser was really building up from nothing. And in 2018, Crowley was there at every round, but again, had niggling issues along the way, and just was like, there was a lot of knocks and stuff like that. So, in a sense, you have to go all the way back to 2017 to look at what Crowley can do at 100% for a season. So, that it's exciting to me that we really don't know what Caroli can do this year if he's 100% healthy. Like that 2017 form might not be as far away as we think. The impact of knock on injuries and all of just consecutive problems is leading us to believe that form is quite, way, quite a way away, but maybe it isn't. And maybe we're going to get a shock. But, um,. Yeah, I'm still on. I'm still on the uh, on the side of the coin where I'm saying head says geyser, heart says hurling, gut says Prado, and I don't know. And it's well, I, hang on a minute. What what part's Prado? Gut. Okay. Like my like my gut instinct is that I think Prado's going to win it. Like my gut that my gut instinct is that you know what Prado gets really good starts. My 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 gut instinct is telling me that maybe Prado could make everyone look silly purely by getting whole shots every time, and then his getting whole shots every time or getting good starts every time essentially rules out the possibility of him having a bad day. Because if, he's in, if he gets a whole shot and he's having a bad day, his bad day won't be worse than sixth. Whereas if he was starting 12th, maybe that bad day he doesn't get as high as sixth. So that makes, me, that makes me a bit nervous about Prado, about what he could do to this series. But then again, you've got... And then I can contradict myself with that by saying Herlins was 60 points up after six rounds in 2020. So... If you use that logic, he's going to piss it. Because if it stayed healthy, how would that 60-point lead have evaporated? And then you want to go to Geyser, and the logic, and my head is telling me Geyser, because it's like, well, he's won two in a row, and everyone else has had these issues, and he's the one who's come out smelling of roses every time. So why won't that happen again? Would, um, I mean, you're, you're a statistician, but there again, age isn't your, uh, your finest oh, uh, point. Um, would Prado be one of the youngest world champions if he wins this year? Sure. I mean, logic. Like, I don't even have to look that up. The the um, averages say that not many riders are even in MXGP at 19 years old, let alone winning a championship. So yeah, he's 20 now. So yeah, it was his birthday not too long ago, wasn't it? Like a couple of weeks yeah. ago. But like, that's my that is where I'm at, and I cannot I cannot remove myself to pick one because you have to like th- th- just think of that statement just. You think about how many 20-year-olds are in EMX 250 at the moment. Yeah, Prado could be advice. in line to win, or actually is one of the favourites to win the EMX. That, that just saying that is just mind-blowing. The Alan Gertz are older than Prado. That is the most... Like, that is the most under-the-radar, surprising stat going. I mean, that kid's pretty special when you start to say this out loud. I mean, you look at his stats anyway, and you look at what he's achieved anyway, and it's huge. But when you actually say that he could potentially become a world champion this young, is is unreal. Well, he already is a world champion, but yeah, but at MXGP level. But this is what I mean. Like, I I don't want I don't I really one of my efforts with this podcast, people, is I'm going to be really bringing in the fire with MXGP because I don't want COVID or previous injuries to dampen our spirits because this could be amazing. So. 
Lewis the Fire Phillips. I love it. I'm just going to be a ray of positivity. Well, can you start out with the Italian Championship this weekend? Sure. No. Um. So uh, anyway, that's just where I. That's just where I am at the moment. I know it's kind of pointless talking about because it's 87 days away, but it's just I was sat there this week and I was like, I really, I genuinely thought to myself, right, and at some point I'm going to have to like stop saying that and I'm going to have to pick one of those three riders as my favourite. And I was like, I don't know if I can. Like, I genuinely can't do it right now. I mean, I would probably go Hurlins purely because of that 60 points gap that he had after six rounds last year because that's like something quite like solid that you can lean on to make an argument. But then Geyser got really good at, from the third man to Veron. I've said it before. The, sneaky, the dirty little secret of 2020 is um, looking at the points now, it looks like Geyser had a ridiculously dominant year but it was a really tale of two seasons for Geyser because before Mantova 3, he was kind of just one of the guys and Fevre, Sua, Caroli, it was kind of chopping and changing and whatnot. And then from Mantova 3, he was just ridiculously dominant and ridiculously good and just amazing. So if we get Mantova 3 Geyser at every single round next year, I don't know how that stacks up against beginning of the season hurlings. And then let alone Prado now coming in actually healthy, which he didn't do last year because again, people forget not only did he break his femur in the first off-season, he broke his collarbone in the second off-season. And don't forget Koldenhoff. It's bonkers, I'm telling you. Well, we haven't even mentioned Fevre, Sewer, Koldenhoff. Um, um, I feel like there's another one. Uh, they're not someone... Well, you could... Jazakonis, Olsen, like... Mitch Hopkins. Evans. Mitch Evans? Like, Mitch Evans. No one, has, no one has spoken about Mitch Evans. Mitch Evans was so good before his injury last year. No one cares anymore. Everyone's and was lead in round one as well. Yeah, that's what I mean, before his injury. Everyone's forgotten, and we've just moved on from that. But let's not forget, Jesus Christ, it's actually ridiculously good. Vlanderen's going to be better this year as well. You know what? I really want... I'm, this is what pisses me off about MXGB being 87 days away, because I want to be previewing the series now. I'm mentally in a place where I'm ready to start writing about predictions and thoughts and this is happening and this is happening, and I can't do it yet because it's too far away and it hurts me because it does... It just hurts me. Although, EasyJet have just sent me a message saying, get set for the summer, great deals on flights. This now, book now. So I might book a few flights to GPs. Okay, well done. Um, you know that there's nothing stopping you from writing a preview. No, because I just feel like it's no, but not. That's just it's a bit strange to do it 87 days out. It just is like it's not really relevant, and it, so much could change. Like that's not really the way we do things in the media. You could always retweet it four weeks before. No, because that's not really how the way we do things with the media. If you know, um, in the past, MX Vice has an MXGP bonanza where two weeks before it's just previews and um, non-stop content previewing the season. So we wait for that. We wait for the MX Vice MXGP, um, and we definitely don't want to bring change, do we? We don't. Like well, no, change, we're not going to stop. We're not now going to stop previewing championships eighty-seven days before. I mean, we'll, we can talk about it and we can look at different stuff, but I'm not going to write the official MX Vice preview. We have a structure, and this is what we're sticking to. It works. You have no insight or knowledge on the media game, so it's best if you stick to what you're good at. Yeah, what do I know? And when what we find what that is, I'm sure you'll be great at it. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> um, right, let's get this shit game over Tonus. and done with. Tonus! What? Who has talked about Tonus? Who? Tonus! Like, no one's mentioned Tonus. That's another rider who just... There's so many riders. Okay. 
Well, do you want me to keep talking while you just shout out random writer names? Well, I just randomly came to my head as a... Jonas! We didn't even mention Jonas! <laughs> <laughs> like, literally... We're going to be here all day. Get excited, people. 87 days to... I've actually just talked... This first half of this podcast has been a real spiritual journey for me because I started off really disappointed and now I'm buzzing about MXGP. Right. Uh, where, where do we go next? Uh, we were going to do the game, you said, didn't you? Yeah, let's let's do, let's do that. Do you want to intro it? Because that's usually your. Oh, job. sorry, I was just yeah. thinking about if I was just trying to think about. Uh, I know what you, I know what you're thinking about, mate. MXGP. I was just trying to think. That's not to. That's not to say I'm not excited about Supercross, which I'll be talking about later in the show. Olsen! Yeah. Olsen! <laughs> what is people everywhere? <laughs> What's it? It's people everywhere. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> right, carry on. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm okay, ready. everyone. This is the Even Strokes Are You Smarter Than a Birth game. It's a five question quiz testing James Burfield's knowledge on the sport. Spoiler alert, it's not very good. This game is presented by Even Strokes, which is an online shop with a range of offers on talent wheels, props, performance parts, and more. That's right. You can support the sponsors of this show and do it. By buying through Even Strokes. It all adds up nicely, doesn't it? Uh, be sure to visit www.evenstrokes.com for deals on products, especially seen as everyone who makes a purchase of more than £15 is entered to win £1,000 worth of prizes too. And that's monthly as well. So there's that. Five questions. Last week we did them all on 2020. We agreed that was shit. So we're back to um, historic questions. Yay. Question one. Who won an overall in the MXGP class first? Stephen Frossard, Evgeny Bobrashev, or Gautier Paulan? Fucking hell. Uh... Stephen Frossard, Evgeny Bobrashev, Gautier Paulan. I'm going to go... Gautier Paulan. Okay, time is of the essence, James. We're not here forever. Okay, I'm going to go... I want to say Frossard, but I'm going to go Bobby. Oh, no. It was Frossard. Bollocks. Oh, no. What a disaster. Um, Frossard won uh, in June 2011. Bob won in July 2011. And Paul won in September 2011. See, that's what I mean. That is a fucking trick question. It's like months separate them. Well, it's not a trick question, is it? <laughs> what did you do years? <laughs> what? Who won a G? Okay, who, won a, who was the first rider to win an MXGP overall? Day four, Antonio Caroli or Prado? I'm going to go day four. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous. Like, this isn't simple time. Question two. One Portuguese rider has an MX2 overall win to his name. Rui Goncalves. I didn't think you'd know he was Portuguese. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yes! I'm actually very surprised Mother you Fucker! See, I reckon I should get two fucking points for that, because that is awesome. I'm very surprised you know that he is Portuguese. But yeah. there you go. Jeffrey Herlins hit a win mile, an MXGP win milestone earlier this year. How many overall wins does he have to his name now? Oh, bollocks. Uh, and I wouldn't, if this was a really random number, I wouldn't ask it. I'm only asking it because everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Hmm. It's a big number. 
everyone was very excited when he hit it. Overall GP wins. In total. In total. Big number. Everyone was very excited when he hit it. Okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 100. Is it eighty four? <laughs> no, ninety. I was saying, I was hoping you would. I was hoping you would fall into the trap of saying it was a hundred. <laughs> Obviously, you would know if Erlings has hit a hundred GP wins because that would be quite a. That would be a massive deal. Okay. But what did you think? Erlings hit a hundred GP wins and it just it just went under the radar. <laughs> Again, you're a prick. <laughs> oh, like fuck me! I hate this game. I hate you. Okay, uh, two wrong, one correct. Let's move on. Question four. One of these Roman Fevre facts is true. Which one is it? A. Fevre won two MX2 overalls. B. Fevre finished third in the MX2 World Championship. Or C. Fevre spent his last year in MX2 on a KTM. Would you like me to repeat the options? Uh... I know the third one's not right. For A, Fevre won two overalls in MX2. B, Fevre finished third in the MX2 World Championship. Or C, Fevre spent his last year in MX2 on a KTM. And go B. That's correct. Yes. Why did you think that C was incorrect? Because I thought he was on a Husqvarna for um, Jackie Martin's team. Well done, that's correct. Uh, He won one MX2 GP, not two. So, I quite like those style of questions. I think they're quite good. Final question. You're two for two, so you're not winning this week because you need four to win, but let's see if you can at least be on the upside of the majority. Okay. Um, Question five. What number was on Antonio Caroli's bike when he won his first world title? Hmm. I feel like I might have already asked that. I feel like I've heard myself say that before. Do you know what? I don't know. What number was on Antonio Crowley's bike when he won his first world title? I was going to go 222. That's incorrect. Do you want to have another go? 22. No, that's incorrect. Do you want to have another go? Two. Closer? One. That's the wrong way. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, is it free? Yes. Yes! I don't know why you say yes, I just yeah. gave you the answer. Fucking. Five attempts. What is your thing with thinking that riders won, run number one before they've won a championship? I don't know. I don't know. It could be an Italian thing. Well, you said it about Townley not too long ago. And he's or a New Zealand Italian. thing. Okay. Well, well you failed. But uh, you got going... two right, so that actually makes this one of your most successful attempts. No one even listens to this part of the show anyway. Brought to you by the mighty even strokes. I think I said that. Whatever. Yeah. Fly racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring round technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. 
Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. I uh, I might put a request into JT if I can test the Formula Helmet, Lewis. You haven't ridden in months. Yeah, but, well, I don't know if you know, but we've been in a fucking lockdown. Mm. Um, I'm working on a plan for that anyway, so if it includes you, um, I will let you know. Well, I'd like to test one. Okay, I'm working on a plan. Uh, I need, I, I need, I need a long-term helmet. So I've had Arai, and as much as I like Arai, um, uh, no offense to Arai, but it's not exactly moved with the times. So um, I need something which is safety first. So you need to, either you make the call or I will make the call to Big JT. Well, there'll be a competition soon, so you can always enter that. Well, I'll do that Although the chances are that it's probably a question you're not going to know the answer to. There isn't any terms and conditions on these competitions, are there, that I cannot enter? Well, I'll let you enter for a laugh. Okay. See, so I mean, if a randomizer spits out your name, it would be quite funny. Well, it would what do, chance? because um, I've now got 1,290 Gmail alias uh, email addresses, so um, there's a bloody good chance I could win. Okay, all right. Randomize that bit. Good luck to you. Okay, thank you to... Fly Racing, Liat Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Evenstrokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Blenzo Oils, and Talon Engineering. We're going to take a break. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. 
Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part two of the MX Vice Show podcast. Episode 60, it's big 6-0. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Seaware and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com for more information so lewis so uh would you like to go through some questions um yeah let's do this then brought to you by liat ask vice anything liat protecting riders from head to toe check out liat.com for more Lee has taken another step forward with the introduction of another set of boots to their range the all new 4.5 these boots offer many of the features that come with the super successful 5.5 flex lock boots, as well as advanced technology like the slide lock closure system and extended foot peg riding zone at a mid range price point. 4.5 boots are available worldwide for 254 or 299 euros. Right then, Lewis, are you ready? Yeah, crack on. Did you tell me that there was. An insane amount of questions this week? I mean, an insane amount might be pushing it, but there was a lot. Okay. That's good, that's good to know. That's good to know. I think we've got some new ones here as well, again. So I like this. At Phil G, Clement DeSalle as a brand ambassador for a bike he never rode. Discuss. I don't really have a problem with this like everyone else. Like, Why not? Why not? Uh, like, it's just a deal, isn't it? He's done a deal. Um, he's he's already said that he wants to do like multiple disciplines once he retires. So he wants to do a bit of enduro and a bit of this and a bit of that. Yamaha can kind of give him that. So he's ambassadoring for Yamaha because he likes he likes quote unquote their range and what they can offer him. Like I don't I don't know I don't know I, I just don't really see. The problem, like I, I thought, it was weirder when Villapoto went to Yamaha, but I think that's only because Villapoto was, was was with Kawasaki his entire career. So it's like, well, this is weird because he's been on green forever. Yeah. Whereas DeSalle kind of spent a good chunk of time with Kawasaki and a good chunk of time with Suzuki and one year with Honda. But so I think because he wasn't necessarily like locked in with one brand for X amount of time, I think this doesn't feel as strange. I mean, it was strange when I woke up on Sunday morning and went on Instagram and the first thing I saw was a photo of a Yamaha with number 25 on it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really have that big of a deal, a problem with it. I'm guessing um, he probably had a discussion with Kawasaki. You would have thought that maybe that would have been the, uh, you know, if he, if, he was, if he was looking for an opportunity, he would have spoke to Kawasaki. I'm guessing if Yamaha has seen this is a great opportunity to... Um, sell more of their range and in, in, in to develop their range a little bit than having that having Clement as a, an ambassador just fits. So, you know, either way, if if he'd gone to Kawasaki, then you know, obviously you'd have Kawasaki on board and and so on. So it could it, it could have been either part. It couldn't, I guess. Well, it's Yamaha Belgium, so it's not like 
like I can't imagine Kawasaki would have done Kawasaki Europe would have done anything with him because they just don't really seem to do anything like that. Um, no, I think Kawasaki uh, Europe and also Yamaha Europe is based in the Netherlands, aren't they? Yeah. Point being, well, it's a different country, so okay. Just saying that is if it had come from from the Dutch version, then no, I'm just saying as a whole, Kawasaki don't really do that. Like they've got MC in America, but ultimately, it's just not really their thing. Whereas Yamaha have obviously got Bilipoto and they can do little things dotted around everywhere. Oh, uh, my wife has just messaged me, believe it or not, and just said, "What the hell have you put in my washing machine?" Um. Focus on the show, yeah? I went mountain biking yesterday, Lewis. Mountain biking. Okay. What, what she probably found in there was probably stone, mud, my trainers. Forgot to tell her about my trainers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Clement DeSalle. Yeah, interesting. Did you see him going blue? No, I didn't see him going blue, obviously. Jesus. Of what all the bikes, what would you have chosen as an ambassador for Clement? Well, no, because you'd obviously choose Suzuki, but they're not going to do it. Um, jet skis, yeah. maybe Suzuki jet skis, road bikes, Does but definitely not, definitely not dirt bikes. No, yeah, stupid question from James. Great question from Phil G. Stupid question from James, though. What did I see him going Yamaha? Yeah, you know what? I um, closed my eyes and I thought to myself, hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's a yeah. Well, well you I, tell everybody come on you, your future. Come on, your future. Yeah, I can see a hint of blue in your future. You tell everybody that you're uh, this hot journalist, European, young, hot, man-like journalist from the UK with lots of contacts, and you didn't even see that coming. Well, I don't think anyone did because I don't know if you know this, but Clement Sal doesn't really talk to many people. I thought you were friends. Yeah, I keep meaning to text him. That's it. How, I how am I wrong then? How, last GP. It's, it's like, you're like, oh, uh, how does that even happen? Well, two months ago, you were besties, so... Yeah, but it's been a while. Everyone's forgotten. Well, no, you've forgotten. That's the thing. You're, you're a, a recency person, aren't you? I don't know, James. Yes, you are. Right. At Phil White 192 has Liz found a girlfriend? That isn't. I've got Phil's question in front of me. That's not it. Are you sure? Because that's what yeah. I've got here. Well, okay, well, sorry. Well. It must be the other one. At Phil White 192 has the Clement to sell Yamaha thing destroyed all chances of seeing him in the USA. That was my first thought, and you would think so, but let's be honest, I don't think it's happening anyway. Borders are still shut. If you're DeSalle, I'd imagine that you're looking at the American thing and thinking, well, it doesn't... Although I guess he, I guess he can get in because he's an elite athlete. So if he actually did have a deal, that wouldn't actually be a problem for him. No. But either way, I can't imagine that he would hop off of a Yamaha in three months' time and go to another bike. But so maybe this hurts his chances as far as variety, but maybe it helps because if a Yamaha thing comes up or a, or a spot on a Yamaha comes up, this helps push him in. Um, yeah, or he might be able to get support to do his own thing over there now. I actually think that uh, DeSalle on a Yamaha actually doesn't make sense. Like The Yamaha is, is widely regarded to suit bigger riders who are quite solid on a bike rather than people who like move around a lot like Barsha. And DeSalle kind of fits that bill perfectly. So... Yamaha 450 is actually probably quite a good bike. Like the Yamaha DeSalle combination probably wouldn't have been too bad if he was still a pro. I've got to be honest, my 1982 Yamaha YZ80 was definitely not the type of Yamaha to move around on. Okay, next question. Uh, at Ryan G437, with the MXON happening before the GPs have finished, 
will the top factory guys actually race it? I know a lot of the guys race other non-world championship races during the season, but will the likes of Hurlins, guys of Prado, etc., risk it if they are in championship contention? Um, before I forget, so I think the Nations is going to be at Majora. That um, is way better than that shitty Imola. Because uh, Imola basically... Imola basically bowed out because they didn't want to run it without fans and they didn't want that risk. However, Majora don't want to run it without fans either. So I think there is a very real chance that the Nations gets cancelled again. From what I hear, that is a that could be a possibility down the line. Um, but if it runs, it will be at Majora as far as I can make out unless something changes. Um, I think everyone will race it because I think they will have pressure from the manufacturers because it's still a big event and it's still like a major deal. However, I'd imagine they all race it whilst being told, be safe, don't risk anything, like, don't do anything stupid. Remember, you've got a race next weekend, it's a championship, blah, 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 blah. The only rider who I would have more, I would question more, wait, what did you say? The only rider who I'd question that theory with is Geyser because obviously Slovenia may not even make the the main show so if anyone were to pull out of the nations in that situation i would imagine it would be geyser because really hrc would probably go well like there's a high chance you won't even qualify for the um the three motos and not even off of your own doing so what's the point in risking it yeah but whereas hurlins can win the nations with the netherlands and that's obviously quite a big um marketing tool for red bull and ktm and alpine stars and everyone so there we go at Weekend Warrior Blog, do you expect RHL to delay the start of the MXGP series to allow fans? MXGB. Yeah, MXGB series to allow fans. Surely any amount of money cannot be turned down with trade stalls, etc. Also, the 19th, 19th of September is looking promising for a British GP if we can have full capacity. Um, well, I think the first British round's due to go off on April the 11th and 12th. That's not that's now illegal, isn't it? Based on the dates that the UK have given for lockdowns and whatever. I don't know. I think twenty twenty ninth, you can have um, you can do outdoor sports of no more than six people or something like that. Or yeah, this is, but this is like this would go down as elite sport, wouldn't it? Yeah. So when's it? When is the elite sport? Um, it's on May the seventeenth. Okay. Well, you kind of guess it would have to be. Postponed until then. then. Well, I guess that's if they want fans, and I can't imagine it would run without fans. Uh, I don't know. It depends on what sponsors they've got in board and, and how much money it's going to cost to run the meeting. True. Uh, also, actually, probably to be fair, for a series like the British, you could probably offset a lot. Like, if you don't have fans, then you don't have to pay for burger vans. You don't have to pay for whatever else. Hang on a minute. No, the burger vans pay the promoters to be there. Really? Oh my fucking god! I would I would have thought it was the other way around, and the burger van paid for what? Well, so no, there, so, so, catering. No, no, mate. Do you, do you know, if you like, literally in 1990, do you know how much a burger van would pay Pilton to to put a burger van in Pilton? 1990. This is. I don't even know what, don't even know what Pilton is. Uh, Glastonbury Festival. Oh. Okay. Ten thousand pound just to get on site, and that was without yeah, anything else. I that was in 1990. I can I can understand it in that respect, but I'm but I'm just I I thought of it in the sense of like, what are the chances of burger vans even knowing there's a motocross race on? Uh, loads of people do. Huh. Yeah, 
Well, who would have thought? There we go. It's quite a lucrative business. Yeah, I just always thought it went the other way. No, no, they would pay. They would pay basically a site fee, or that's what it calls site fee, to to be there. Is that exactly the same as trade stands and, and everything else? If you are selling, then then you pay because basically you're 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 paying for that site fee. It's probably sometimes exclusivity as well. Uh, well, either way, then. But I guess they can, like, you would save money on security. X amount of fencing. I imagine you'd need less of that. Mm, like, not, not that much. So I think um, you, you've got things like prize money they pay out. You've got um, the staff that they got to pay on the day. Medical. That's obviously quite expensive. Oh yeah, and I guess you'd like you'd still need marshals and all of that. So really, there's yeah, no, you still got what that cost. Um, and then obviously you've got a hire a venue. And the venues are anywhere from between six and thirteen thousand, depending on what tracks you choose. So um, you've got all these, you know, all these costs straight away. So it's probably about thirty grand, I would have thought, to put on a round of the British Championship. I think you probably need about half a million to to run the the British Championship for a year, just eight rounds. So, so if you got thirty thousand, then uh, one of the options you could do would be if if you can't have. Uh, Paying people there to maybe go to a uh, paid live stream or get £30,000 worth of sponsors on the live stream. To be fair, I think people would pay for the live stream. I think they would as well. I think, especially at the beginning of the season, anyway, because the first round of the British always does quite well um, yeah. on numbers on MX Vice and then it kind of tails off as the season goes on, as with anything. If you um, if you think uh, preseason Hawkstone was twenty five or thirty quid, I think it's not cheap. So um, first round of the British uh, to see the riders teams and stuff like that, uh, you know, pe- people will pay a tenner for that, no problem. Yeah, I mean it's, they saved on petrol. They could probably walk to Costa Coffee, get a Costa Coffee, bring it back. You know, make, you know usually you get a Costa on the way. Um, and also, yeah. Um, if you go by the restrictions that have been announced in the UK, then the 19th of September would technically work for a British GP with full capacity. But that depends on things actually going as planned. So, But right now, yeah, it does, it does seem like that could be a genuine possibility. Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, thanks for sending that in. At Carl Crossland 26, Bali GP, what do you expect? Sun, oh. sand, sexy ladies. I expect me to rock up at the track just to see who crosses the finish so I know who won and then head back to the beach. Yeah. Didn't uh, the last time you went to Bali, you done a monster video with Jeremy Seaworth surfing? I didn't. I don't video, but I was there. So facetious. I'll tell you what. I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast, but public service announcement. Bali... Bali is not as great as people will lead you to believe. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. I've said it. I don't know, I've said it to a lot of people, but I don't know if I've ever said it on here. If I, right. Are you taking food out of the equation? Because if this is about no, burger and chips there. and no, margarita no, pizza. No, the food is good there. They've got, um, the food's actually really good there. I thought you said that they couldn't cook a margarita pizza. Or was that Indonesia? That, that wasn't. I never would have said that. That's a ridiculous thing. One hundred percent, you said that. As we, as I say every week, yeah, you're the one who remembers no, stuff. No, you're literally, literally. I've never. I can. You class chefs on. How many hotels have you been to and said they couldn't even cook a margarita pizza? 
Yeah, but I, I doubt I would have said that in Indonesia because all in all my time of being in Indonesia, I've never seen there be a pizza on a menu. You're the same person who says, I love fish, and I've never seen you eat a fish dish. Yeah, you don't live with me. Like, you don't... I, you seem to I've travelled... Ex- my entire life. I've travelled extensively with you. Yeah, it wouldn't be my go-to in a restaurant. I like fish. Though. So are you denying that your go-to in a restaurant is burger or pizza? Uh, burger, more often than pizza. Yeah, but what I'm saying it's like you can you can have all the food what's available in the restaurants we go to, and what do you pick? A burger. I love a burger. <laughs> but no, so Bali. No, I, I'm I'm exaggerated. Look, okay, the food in Bali is actually quite good because they've got like a hard rock cafe. They've got Bubba Gumps. Um, oh, so they is that hard rock where they do a burger? Yeah, I'm not talking about food. Fuck me, Bali. What do you have in Bubblegum? Oh I've said it. I've said it. I've said it to quite a few people. I don't know if I've said it on a podcast, but Bali isn't as good as people would expect. Like I've said it to people. If I was planning, like, because obviously to go on holiday to Bali, you've got to do quite a bit of saving up and like all of that. And if I had spent a year planning this holiday to Bali, um, I think I'd be quite disappointed. Well, we're not going to get any sponsorship from the fucking tourism board now, are we, you dick? I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just was, I was a bit, because there's a lot of hype around Bali. This really is. Kind of like, it's good. Like, it's, it's nice. It's nice. But if I was, if I'd spent, if I'd saved up for X amount of, for a year and like gone all out on a holiday to Bali, I'd be a bit like, eh. I'm, I'm not being funny, right? But at the moment, I'll take a fucking weekend in Studland Bay. I've been stuck in my house for God knows how long, and you're complaining about how Bali's not up to scratch. I'm not complaining. Oh my fucking god! I'm offering in, insight because uh, because um. Oh my god! I'm offering insight because it's what people like. People people think that Bali's incredible, and I was a bit like, oh, it's kind of not. It's kind of painted to be a bit better than. Unfucking believable. But what do I expect from the GP? For some reason, like. Not a good time by the sound of it, so don't fucking no, bother it's watching. Good. It's my favourite place to go of, for the GP. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of Bali oh, hype okay. in the world. Outside of motocross, there's a lot of Bali hype. And if I was paying to go on a holiday, it would not be my first choice after going there. It wouldn't even make my top five. Oh, my God. So basically, it's got hot, it's like sand, it's full of young women, it's hot, it's like paradise, but Lewis doesn't advise it because it sounds shit. I didn't say it's, oh God, you, you do take my words, don't you? Fucking hell. It's, um, no, it was, I just, there was a lot of barley hype and I was a bit like. Wait, well, please explain your barley hype. What? What if was the you go hype? On social media, if you go on any adventure page on social media, all, they, all it is is like barley and like ridiculous, like great photos of oceans and stuff. And like the ocean was dirty. And I was like, well, this isn't what the photos look like. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm just advising, like, yeah. Yeah, don't go to Bali because of its dirty ocean. It's just a lot of... If it, if Bali was cheap to get to, then I'd be like, yeah, it's good, but it's a lot of money for... And I can't imagine... Like, if I went on holiday there, I'd be a bit disappointed. Like, I don't know what I would do with two weeks of holiday in Bali. This, this is just breaking news, right? But I, I went to uh, 
the Mexican Riviera, like can like near Cancun, or like on the thing, beautiful hotel, amazing. And the sea there had a lot of like foamy stuff in there. Yeah, it, not first time it happened in like 30 years. It'd never been there before. So it's like that that just shit happens sometimes. Well, I'm not really, I'm not so much focusing on the ocean. I don't care about okay, so the hype you asked about. Yeah, well, um, obviously you're expecting a blue clear ocean where you could just run into. Well, that's into. what the photos would lead you to believe. Have you actually ever swam in the sea? Yes, obviously. When? What, like, again, what do you, you like, you're now going to claim, that, oh, I've never seen you swim in the sea. Well, you've never seen me on a beach. Like, I've seen you in a, a pool. I've seen a video of you trying when, to swim. When have you seen me in a pool? When Sean sent me the videos from you trying to swim in, um, in Florida. Oh, in California. Oh, California. See, they're good. Pla- See, like, they're cheaper to get to than Bali, and they're not Bali out of the water. That's my point. That is my point. If I like you can if if you look in the book of holiday, you can go to America for cheaper, and I think it's personally better than Bali. You know that like Los Angeles now I've got a massive like homeless issue problem in a moment. So is Bali. Okay. As, as, as long as you as long as you know that, it's just like there is like other sides to, to California that you probably haven't seen. Well, I'll take Florida or anything. New York. Although I was a bit disappointed with New York as well. What okay, so tell me your problems in New York. No, I think we've gone on long enough. Okay. At Neo7878, what's the general reaction to Hurlin's interview with the Dutch footballer, if any? I enjoyed it. i I'm not on the side of like death to Hurlins. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was cool because like that's for real Hurlins. Like I'm not on I'm not on the negativity side of it at all. But I can see why some people are, I guess. Why, would, I, you, why would you say that? What do you, have you watched it? Uh, I think I might have watched the Dutch version, so then I just switched off after about three seconds. There's only a Dutch version. Exactly, so that was not, I'm not interested. Well, did it have subtitles? No. Well, you, I don't know what you watched then, because there's only one version of it, and it's Dutch with subtitles. No, the one I had had no subtitles, which I thought was quite pointless. Well, obviously, you turned it off then. You don't speak Dutch. No. Um, so you have no idea what it's about? No. Okay, you should probably watch it because you'd enjoy it. Well, can you send me the one with uh, subtitles? I'm not going to send it to you now. It's half an hour long. Oh, Jesus. I'm not watching that. I ain't got half an hour. To okay, you'd probably that. enjoy it. Like, he talks about money and how much money he's made and like how he's bought cities. He's building 60 properties across Europe to rent out at a moment. How like he's, He talks about uh, how he doesn't drink, how he's quite tight with money. Like all that sort of stuff, like 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 is it is? I guess I don't have a I don't have a Scooby who the guy is. I guess he's some retired Dutch footballer. What's the footballer's name? I don't know. I think I remember. He's I think he's a decent footballer. I can tell you actually. Give me a second. Okay. Do 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 Dutch footballer. Wait, the interview was. There's going to be people screaming now at the at this podcast, going, "It's fucking this guy!" I can't even find the bloody interview. Um, no, um, it was, it's basically carpool karaoke style. Do you remember, have you seen a video like that? Yeah. Oh, so you have to, uh, the guy's name is Andy Vandermijd, Mijd, M-E-I-J-D-E. Vandermijd. I guess so. Andy Vandermijd. Okay. Okay, good. Is that like not, no reaction, just okay? Well, it's maybe a bit of a high, more high profile for Blue Wrinkle, like Cleavar or... 
I don't know what I mean. Dennis Bergkamp or something um, like that. But no, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it. I I watched it and I sent it to people like this is entertaining, like you need to watch it. So, but I can see why some people would have an issue with it. But I think anything- and, and why would they have an issue with it? Because they don't like that he's he's burnt money. No, he talks about girls in a way that it's disrespectful. But only her is first. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, I, I'm on the side at the moment where Europe needs any of that. Anything we can do in Europe to get the personality of riders out, let's do it. Like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. If it, if, it's, if it discriminates against women. No, it's it. not that bad. It's not that bad. But um, no, like I think anything that, Europe, anything that MXGP can get to actually show the personality of someone and show that someone like Herlins is actually fucking cool, then yeah, we need it. Nah. That's, I completely. I understand what you're what you're saying. Like your MXGP and European motocross is in the point of view where we can't be picky. No, yeah, right. Well, uh, let's move on from that one. Brad Wheeler, twelve. Who will podium first, Watson, Olsen, or Jonas? Jonas, just to throw a spanner in. I forgot that I'm actually on the Jonas hype, and I. Yeah, and he's already had a a win, did he last year? So, no. Was it the year before? Uh, it was never. I thought Jonas had a win. Nope. A race win he has? Nope. Really? Really. Welcome to the podcast. Fucking hell. Just going to... No, my mind's blown. Okay. I would still go Jonas, though, because he's obviously got experience in the class and has been on the podium before. But all three of those riders, I think, will be bloody good. Jonas is going to surprise people because no one's talking about him. Yep. But he's actually quite good. Olsen, we knew, was very, very good last Olsen, year. On Olsen, when I he heard of how he got the Ice One deal, and it basically was by riding fucking well, which is a good sign. And everything I hear about Ben is super positive, and in, you can see it for yourself in the videos. So People were telling me close to Ben two years ago that wait till he's on a 450, he's unreal. That was two well, years ago. Fuck me, um, 20... 16 or 17, Ben told me that he wants to be on a 450 now. Like, yeah, it's kind of been there for a while, but yeah, no, like, every all I think all three of those, those are the three riders who will surprise people this year because those are the three riders who people have uncertainty about. Obviously, with Olsen and Ben because they're new to the class, but Jonas, because I guess of the injuries and everything else, all of them are on the podium at some point, but Jonas gets it first just because he's been there before. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, no, it's they, they are three of the most exciting riders to follow. And that reminds me, actually, I'm just going to write something down because I had an idea what I'm going to do with those three riders. At Aaron Lewis, 225. You oh, missed, missed one. Sorry, at Blake Maitland. How many riders won one or more GPs in their rookie season in both classes? Oh, I'd have to look, but Herlins did. Caroli did. Prado did, obviously. Uh, Fevra did. Geyser did. Um, Frossard did. That's like obviously the rest of them are world champions, but Frossard is maybe the most like random one. Oh, Paul Land did. Paul Land won his very first 450 race. Um, trying to think of anyone else. I think that might be it as far as the last decade or so goes. Obviously, Crowley, Fevra, and Geyser are the only ones to um win the MXGP title in their rookie season as a 450 rider. Um, MX2 wise. Herlins, Roxon. Hey, it wasn't Fevre in his first year, or was that his Yeah, second that's what year? I just said. Herlins, oh. um, Crowley, Fevre, and Geyser. I think I said that, didn't I? No, I don't think you did, but 
What did I say? I just think you said two riders. That's why I questioned it. But oh, who knows? No. Uh, well, I meant to say them. We'll press rewind after. No, yeah, but um, well, Villaposo. <laughs> um, I think that's it, really. As far as I can think, I think that's. I think that is it. Oh, Koldenov? He won Latvia twenty fifteen on a Suzuki. Um, that would have been his first year on a four fifty. Yeah, uh, Townley two thousand and five. Philipparts. 2007 on a KTM. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that is pretty much it as far as MX1, MXGP goes. I feel like quite a good rundown. Yeah, well done. Off the top of my head. Pat on the back for you. Yeah, I feel that's quite good. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'd just like to thank our show sponsors. Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto, Holidays, Props Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, Supercrosslive.tv, Backyard Design UK, Lenzo Oils and Talon Engineering. We'll be back for part three. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of the MX Vice Show podcast. If you're still listening, then you still know it's episode 66. Final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by talent engineering industry leaders in aftermarket wheels and sprockets. Teams like Rockstar Energy, who's far enough factory race in the USA, Rocky Mountain ATV MC, and a new, new team, big team. That's going to be announced soon. Put their trust in the same wheels that you can get your hands on. Get more talent information at talent-eng.com. And that new team they're working with is huge. So um, good times for talent at the moment. We're just on the Leah Ask Vice Anything questions. In part two, Lewis has given us a breakdown of his uh, incredible MXGP knowledge of winners in the 450. Great question there from um, 
Blake Maitland. Moving on to at Aaron Lewis two two five. Your boy Seawer is never going to be Herlin's geyser, or or never going to be. Is that or be Herlin's? B. Okay, I've just got B on mine. Yeah, I might have typed it up wrong. Okay, Herlin's geyser. I, mean, I just hope that your common sense would prevail, but. And uh, no, uh, Prado straight up in the title. Why doesn't he take a risk and come over to the US and learn Supercross? He's already got the speed and to contend outdoors. By the way, my daughter wants to know why you wankers never talk about football. Is um, that football as in the... No, it will be soccer, obviously, wouldn't it? Oh, no. Yeah, if it's, if it's like football, like real football, then um, I'd, I'd love Tottenham Hotspur, a big Tottenham Hotspur fan, apart from at the moment, where it's uh, it's very, very... Very emotional to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, Lewis, let's, let's talk about uh, football with you. Who's your favourite team? It's the biggest pile of shit ever. Like, Jesus Christ. Hate it with a passion. Let's talk about your favourite music groups. Didn't go down well at school when I tell people that. Let's talk about your favourite films. Um, I like the Inbetweeners movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Hangover. Um, what was I swear I watched a film not too long ago. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, right. So, um, discussless. I think he'd be quite good at Supercross, don't you? Oh, uh, the Supercross part. I was thinking about the first part. No, I spoke to Sue about this in Trentino. Um, he said that he would. He said that he did do a couple of laps on a Supercross track when he was younger, like to see what it felt like or something. But he said that he'd only go when he. He would have only ever gone when he was really young. Like he would never go now because too late to learn and stuff like that. Like he used he um he compared it to Jet and said that like look at how young Jet was when he went and then how good he is straight away. Like he said, that's when you've got to go. And if I was ever gonna go, that would be when I went. So um yeah. But I do think out of all the MXGP riders, obviously Prado would be really good at Supercross. Uh Geyser would be. I think Sewer is like in that group of like MXGP riders who could go and actually give it a decent shot and be all right. Yeah. Um, so Sue has definitely got the skills of that. As far as the first part, I can't disagree with it on paper. However, I guess the answer, the question, the question will be: Is Sue going to take another step up this year? Which I'd imagine he would. And also, it's kind of recency bias because you've got to look at the beginning of the season last year because he was actually battling with those riders for the title quite well. Um, it's only the last portion where it went to poop. Yeah. But no, um, I can't disagree with that. And yeah, never talk about football because why would we? Terrible sport. Boring. Dead. Uh, well, like I said, I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Not really a big big country supporter. England, I think a lot of the players were overpaid. And um, they're not. it's not like how it used to be where they used to just, you know, give it 100%. That's my opinion. But yeah, I try and get to about three to four Tottenham matches a year with my mates. Been a Tottenham fan since I was about four. Um, so there we go. At Aaron underscore DJ, what do you expect from Ruben Fernandez with Honda 114 this season? There's actually a fair amount of um, Ruben Fernandez height, believe it or not. We've not talked much about him. And he had a really good year. He had a really good... Well, I would say breakout year last year. I don't see it where he did come to prominence. Uh, I don't know. I, I think with with that, you got to remember that Garibaldi's behind that team. Although it's run by Olivia, like 
they're going to have some, some good, pro- good parts, good products on that. I think he'd do quite well. I don't see him beating the Yamahas, the KTMs, uh, the Huskies, like maybe Kader Wolf on occasion. But I think Kader Wolf's a better rider. Um, uh, I don't see him. It, it, I don't yeah. see him beating the F and H. Like if I'm working on a pecking order, I'm putting the Yamaha riders, KTM riders, F and H riders all above him immediately. I'm putting the Husqvarna riders hang, above hang him. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. He was doing top fives last year anyway. On occasion. Let's let's back it down on that. Oh, hang on. Okay, he had... There was Latvia that yeah. was really good. It, okay, I, I'd like you to do an analysis of his first five laps at every GP. Uh, no, I refuse, because no one cares. Even for seven laps or ten laps, he was up there in a the top five every He actually time. had... Two top for three, he had three top five moto finishes across thirty six motos. Yeah, and there was a lot of there was a lot of mistakes made. And if he can iron, but he showed the speed. So I I I, I refuse. Uh, it, it's he's got good potential. Yeah, I like uh, to be honest. I'm probably the worst person to ask because I really don't like get it. Um, like, because I, I like again, I put the gas gas riders above him. Um, I, I watched, I watched him. He got a lot of, um, he got a lot of coverage on MXGP TV last year, um, because of his performances and and the way he was riding and stuff like that. So I, I got to see quite a lot of him on the as everybody else did. So maybe like you being at GPs and not seeing that coverage, um, that's you know not not that's your fault, but it's um, there. You know, he looked good. And and it was down to just um, you know uh, mistakes. I think if he can iron out those mistakes, he's definitely got the speed. I just if you if you want me to go to the bookies and like put some money down, I will refer to putting the KTM Yamaha FNH Husky riders ahead of him because, and even I'd even go far to say the Hitachi riders. Okay, I so so I I fully expect him to be top eight. Um, at the end of the well, you're year not stretching the there. He was ninth last year, and you're taking out Olsen and Watson. Okay, so if he if so if he's if he's there already, then I'd say top five. <laughs> I think that was news to you. <laughs> well, I, to be honest, then for his his finishes last year must have been um, better than I actually thought. If he only got three, did you say three or five top three fives? top fives? So. So to be able to finish, um, what, ninth in the championship? There was a lot of sevenths, a lot of eleven. There was basically a lot of sevenths to eleventh. That's basically his season. There was, a, there was a lot of results between seventh and eleventh. And a lot of those were due to just like tip overs, little mistakes. Oh, you're, you're... <laughs> you, no, are, I, I you are on the train, aren't you? Like, you're actually, you have no factual evidence that that's why his result. You put a blanket over him. He's had like... 15 sevenths to 11ths in 2020. And yet they were all, they were, a lot of those were due to mistakes. You don't know that for a fact, but you were such a believer. <laughs> no, I, I, from, from what I've seen, I think well, he's got a potential. Fuck me, Vial, better watch out. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you like, you basically. We're moving on. You basically just said, like, um, yeah, like sevenths to elevenths, fine. That's where I see him fitting in. But you've basically just said, yeah, that's that's not a true representation. He crashed a lot of those motos. Fuck me, if he if he'd stayed on two wheels and Vian Gertz would have had trouble. 
Like you basically they, they would have. They fucking would have. Right. But he was a hundred okay, this will give you context. He was 120 points behind Moose Dyke in seventh. It's not a lot. Um, <laughs> when you realise that you might have backed this horse a little too much. <laughs> At the Joe Wells, can we just expect 250 SX West to be Cooper versus McAdoo now? Uh, yeah. I don't... Well, well, I've said this before. Um, 2007, Ben Townley DNF for first round and still won a championship. So it's possible for Martin to come back and get it done. But obviously, the fact that his shoulder's destroyed doesn't exactly bode well. Um, but if he can ride Daytona, then it's not impossible. But no, yeah, I I don't know if McAdoo's got enough to challenge Cooper for the title. I'd like to see it. Um, but in all honesty, I think the danger is that we've got a Cooper runaway on our hands, which, like, I know Cooper had a foot injury in the off-season, but I don't, well, not even in the off-season, like, four weeks ago. But I don't know why there was so much question, so many questions, like, surrounding him, because in my mind, even if he's lacking race fitness and stuff, he was always going to be top three, top five at round one, and then give it an extra two weeks to Daytona. In my mind, he was always going to, he was always the best rider in his class, so I was just thinking, I, like everyone was talking J-Mart, J-Mart, J-Mart. I was thinking, well, I just think it's going to be a Cooper runaway eventually. Like, and I still do. So so did you talk to yourself about that in your bedroom or did you actually pull it online or actually, if you, you quoted that, you said it was going to be a Cooper runaway? Um, no, I just thought about it to myself. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. Glad we, glad well, we cleared that I might be that. wrong. The season might not turn out that way. I'm not talking about round one. I'm talking about what I thought the season. Um, he surprised me to yeah. win round one. Although, if you want yeah. to know. I, I reckon Forkner might get injured this or, year. Although, if you want to know. Wait, what? That's, again, I'm talking about what Asan happened to. If you want to know my faith, he was on my Pulp MX fantasy team. So, uh, I clearly had a bit of faith. Thanks for that. At Lewis J eighty nine one for Lewis. Would you still take McAdoo on your team after his accident on Saturday? Um, yeah, I like McAdoo. It, like, it's just exciting. Good style, good interview. Um, just like I, I'm, a, I'm a McAdoo fan, and I, I don't put much blame at all on him for the medic incident because, as far as I see it, um, the red flag was on the finish jump. They, the riders, hadn't not gone over the finish, nor were they close enough to the finish to see a red flag waving out of their peripheral. Um, and I think it was just a miscommunication between the medic thinking that the riders had seen the red flag and had stopped. Basically, in my mind, I imagine it as McAdoo coming up to that section and being like, well, the medic's going to wait for us to pass. The race is still going on. And then the medic's mind, he's going, well, the races have been red flags, so it's safe to go because they're going to they're gonna stop. And both people both sides of the both parties had the wrong end of the stick essentially, and then it just ended up in this awkward situation. That's I think I think it's quite cut and dry as far as why it happened. But Jesus, that was a that was a chaotic couple of laps. Two fifty West is good though. Like I have to say, um, Saturday night was the most enjoyable uh, collective night of what would you say? Like rather than just one race. As, a, as a far as a whole three-hour experience, that was the most enjoyable three-hour experience I have had watching motocross in quite a while. I, I found it quite traumatic. Every single race was so entertaining and so like exciting. Like 
I, I, at 3 a.m. when it stopped, when it finished, I sat there in bed and I was like, I actually bloody enjoyed all of that. I bet you did. I bet you're there. Excited. Should we talk about Max quickly? Yeah, uh, that's weird how we got no questions about Max. First, first thing to say, um, obviously we have good access to Max and I didn't want to interview him after every single race because I thought that would just give, like everyone would just roll their eyes eventually. So what I've decided to do with Max, because Max wants to do cool stuff and he wants to stay in touch with people in Europe as far as like letting the British fans know what's going on. So what we're going to do, it's quite a good idea, I think, is like how they used back in the olden days, there used to be magazine columns every month where riders would write a column for the magazine. Every month, at the end of every month, I'm going to ring him and do an hour podcast where we're basically just going to talk about everything. Like it's not going to be so much as a, an interview as like, and then this happened. It'll just be like a life catch up for everyone where like talks about what happened at the races that month, little things that happened, like maybe talk about his thoughts on GPs. I like just general like, um, catch yeah. up. Which I think would be quite good. I like that. Sounds um, good. I'm just trying to come up with a name for it, and at the moment I've got Mad Max Mania. Um, and uh, can I can I vote against that one? And um, getting ants ants with Ansty. <laughs> and also, when he retires and he gets a bit bored, if he wants to give a, do an advice column on MX Vice, then it's going to be called Agony Ansty. <laughs> I like that. Those are my three. <laughs> That's what I've come up with so far. I think you should just go with well, that one. To be honest, I did say to, after I came up with the idea of Agony Anthony, I was like, we could take like every every month you could do one question from a fan for advice, and that can be the Agony Anthony question. Uh, yeah, that'd be quite funny. Yeah. I, I feel like his uh his his first kind of like six months or whatever, uh three months, it is Agony Anthony because Anything that could have happened to him has has happened. Yeah, um, he doesn't seem to catch. No, a but break. he's on the other, he's on the good side of it now. He's finally got his, he's finally got the first one out of the way. The the thing I was impressed with was given that it was his first four fifty in the um, heat race, you know, his first heat race, and he kept Wilson behind him for what three laps. Yeah, believe laps. me when I say he was not exactly like it's not like he had had some solid weeks under his belt and was coming in firing he had little time on the bike before since his houston injury like way less than anyone would imagine so for him to i was in the encouraging signs to me were he nailed all the jumps in v practice quite quickly like the um after you go across the start straight and you quad over that table I was quite yep. impressed that he got that so quickly. I was like, okay, because I, I saw the A guys do it, and I was like, okay, that's big. And then Max just did it, and I was like, okay, that's good. Um, and then, yeah, like you say, uh, the heat race, he started 14th. He spun on the metal and then started 14th, which you would think in his situation with the lack of prep, first 450 event and everything, uh, that it'd be tough to ride into a transfer position. But he did that fairly yeah, quickly. absolutely. And yeah. well. Um, and then dealt with a shit ton of pressure from Wilson. And that was the most impressive, like screw the result. Like, I don't care. Like made domain. Yeah. Whatever, 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 whatever. The thing that was the most encouraging to me was that he was dealing with a shit ton of pressure from Wilson and literally did not make the slightest error. There wasn't yeah. one flinch of, 
And that, to me, is encouraging for the future because it's like, well, if he can deal with that in the first 450 race he's ever done, when he's on the bubble of qualifying, although he said that he didn't actually know he was in ninth. Like, he basically he didn't. He said he just was like, he said he didn't even know that Roxon was in his heat race because he was just in the mindset of, right, I'm going to race whatever position, whatever. Like, he kind of, he wasn't yeah. sat on the line going, I need top nine, I need top nine. Where am I? Where am I? He was just like, I'm going to race, I'm going to ride. And then whatever position I end up in, that's the position. Um, that's a cool mindset. So yeah, the fact that he did not even flinch or anything while Wilson was just hammering on him was encouraging to me because I was like, okay, like that's obviously a good sign. Because there was yeah. there, that was some pressure. There was one moment coming across the start straight going into that corner where like Wilson kind of ran it up inside a tiny bit and Max didn't back off. And I was like, oh Jesus, that was cool. like that is yeah. some commitment, mind. Yeah, I was like you. I was uber impressed. Like, literally, he did not put a foot wrong. It was just, it was calm and calculated. The only thing that bums me it, out from his ride at Orlando is it kind of like everyone was impressed by that. He was genuinely riding bloody good before Houston. And I think people would have been very surprised at where he would have been to start the season had he come in healthy. But no, it was, it was all good, I think. I don't think you could ask for much more. He'd never, he'd, he'd basically not even done a 20 minute moto. So. Um, yeah, I think the two the two weeks before Daytona are going to do a lot for him because he can actually get on a program and start hammering out days at the track. Um, uh, he rode yesterday, for instance. But no, yeah, all good. All good. I think I don't, I've got no like complaints, no worries. It was all good. I think. I, I'm actually just quite surprised. It's taken us what nearly an hour and thirty minutes to talk about Max. <laughs> Like, probably she could have started the show with... Yeah, because I actually have quite a lot of information as well. (laughs) (laughs) Should we start the show again? I'm trying to think what else he said, if there's anything else interesting. Um, Yeah, he actually had a good start in the main, but Tomac ran him wide because he was obviously on the outside. Um, I'm sure everyone would have noticed that from the TV show. But, yeah, his start wasn't good in the heat because he spun on the metal. But I've always heard from people that the GP... I asked Max, but he never actually... I don't think he ever said anything about it. I've always heard that the GP metal is much, much grippier than the American metal. Do they use, is it the same for outdoors? No, they have just dirt in outdoors. Do they? They don't have the gates yet? Yeah, it's just... Okay. But to be fair, I was thinking about this the other day as well. I, now that the greats have been around a while, I think they're good for Supercross. I don't know if I like, I don't know if I'd prefer it to go back to dirt in GPs. What, get the old gardening going? I don't know. I just like, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where like when the greats first came in, it was new and it was like, oh, that looks cool. And then now I'm like, well, maybe like dirt starts would be fun and like interesting. But yeah, no. um, I think they got a lot more to work on rather than just um, the start gates. Like actually making the tracks a little bit more passable. Well, you say that about anything. Orlando wasn't exactly the most... um, Pass happy track. No, it's, I'm I'm really pleased for Max to get that kind of off his back, and now he can kind of just focus on going forward. It, there must have been a huge relief getting that just qualifying for the main and, and getting that first one done. Like when you think about, it, he was supposed to race Supercross at Anaheim One 2020. Like to finally now get the first one out of the way is like okay, and now moving on. And yeah. also, I'd like to say. 
Oh, if people saw Max's Instagram post, yesterday, I can I can hear a grind my gears. If you seen, if did anyone see Max's Instagram video yesterday? Uh, Where he swiped no. across and there was a guy talking. Nope. Oh, that was stolen from me. From you? That was stolen from me. Why? Why would he steal that from because you? Because he um they asked me what I thought, so I sent them that video, and now it's ended up on his Instagram. Hmm, and wow. just so. But just proof that you never know where a thief could be lurking. There we go. And that is your Planet Moto <laughs> bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better. And you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto will have packages available plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. And with the announcement of uh, lockdown ease and everything else, now is a good time to head over to Spain. So there we go, Lewis. That's the bombshell of the week. I think the other bombshell was Lewis J eighty nine asked one question and probably got a twenty minute segment. So I should. I wish I'd written down if it meant, like some of the interesting stuff. But man, do you know what that would have been really good for a podcast <laughs> show? <You're> like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a uh, little note to self maybe next time um if you're doing something valuable <laughs> midweek uh that'd be quite good information because uh yeah people would like to well, I think it's all good I'm, I'm high on max after that i think it's- i bet you are right at tosh for dawson 25 please answer this question it's been driving me mad why is it when you when you are doing a podcast james tells you we will be back in five minutes every time you go to a break yeah it's not streamed live and you edit about your five minute break out of the podcast. It's hilarious. Can I talk? Yeah, crack okay. on. Um, I don't know if people have noticed, but James has very like set. He hasn't got a script because believe me, he does not do that prep. But James has very like has certain things that he says every time. He'll no matter how many times I try and stop it, he'll always end, end the show by going. Say bye, Lewis. It's like no, I don't like no, no. You've said that every week. Like just, I'll just, I'll just stay quiet. It's fine. And and oh, hello, Dougie. Uh, I think my my new podcast equipment's just arrived. Um, yes, but yeah. So James just has set things that he goes to every time, and that's one of them. Safe place. As is like his intro, like welcome to the MX show, like always the same. But it's not a script. It's not a script at all. It's just, he just reaches for the same thing. He doesn't like to stray out. He's basically a colouring in the lines type of guy. Yeah, it's called autism. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he just doesn't, I'm, I'm bringing autumn. Oh, I'm bringing autumn awareness. I'm bringing autism awareness to uh, podcasting. Think think about it. Um, The even strokes game, every single week, it's a shit game anyway. Every single week. It's like, we get it. We get it. Your thoughts are quite clear. Yeah, <laughs> no one likes this game anyway. Every single week, <laughs> I think after this podcast now, I'm just going to go away and have a, a you know a long look at myself in the mirror. Uh, sit down, maybe sit by the ocean, watch, watch some waves, and, and contemplate whether I actually want to fucking do this anymore. Well, I wouldn't go to Bali. Um... <laughs> no, it's dirty. <laughs> fucking hell! And no, in all do you know what? If you don't fucking like what I say, then fucking don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness this is a serious question because we've gone back and forth on this 
Right. So this is a serious question for people to answer. I really want feedback on this. No, yeah. no piss taken at all. Do pe- would people think it would be good if me and James effectively swapped seats? Oh, yeah. Like, so Lewis wants to be the host. No, no, no. No, no. I put it out there because like, the problem is, I know I have, especially when the GPs are on and stuff, I will have stuff that needs to be talked about and like, this happened, this happened, this happened. But then I'm relying on James to lead me there to host it. But he doesn't know what I know, so he can't. Whereas if I had for stuff, I could be like, well, this happened at the weekend and so-and-so said this. What do you think about it, James? And then it would help James because James would be would not have to effectively host a show when he doesn't really know what's happened in the world. Yeah, but then the problem I've got is then that means that I'm going to have to do some work. No, but I don't think it would because I would just talk to you when I want your opinion and you're allowed to have an opinion on anything. Technically, you hate to break it to you. You should be doing some work now. You're hosting the fucking podcast. You don't like my opinion. <laughs> but we're just going to you over what I just said. <laughs> you say it's got no value. Oh, we just going to say so, so basically, you say that I've got no value uh, because my opinion's shit and I know nothing. I don't think I've said no. I think you've got more value in your opinions than try like than trying to host the show because you don't know what I can lead you down a path effectively and help you out because I can. Well, like, James um, Vlandering had an average start of um, fifth at the weekend, um, which was so and so, so and so, so and so. What do you think about that? And then there's no guesswork for you. Whereas and now, I can say it was good. <laughs> we're just going to go in a different direction. <laughs> we're just going to find Bobby. This, this is the this is a problem that we're going to have. So this this actually takes us to a bit of a crux. So thank you, fucking Tosh, uh, because now I quit, you bastard. Um, <laughs> because now I'm off to set up a podcast show talking about business and social media, which I do fucking know. Maybe people think that maybe people think it's good. I just wonder if people think it would be better the other way around. I don't know. I, 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 I think I've got a better idea. Uh, even Siri's come up with an idea now. Um, fuck off, Siri. No one needs you. Uh, I, I think we should get a new host. I won't respond yeah, to that. me and a new. Oh, <laughs> Siri is is it won't respond to that. I have no real feelings on it. I just wonder if people listening if they think that sounds like a something that because like we don't listen to it obviously. So. Um, well, we listen to it for like general knowledge sometimes. Just well, I thought going. I was getting a break. I thought you were getting Tommy on the show. Yeah, Tommy's coming, but he's not going to be every week. But this That's is what I mean I've done well. eight in a row. This is, it's killing this is me. What I'm, I'm going to try and get Tommy for next week, I think. But this is what, and Tommy's got his own podcast now, media darling that he is. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, what a turnaround that I'm, is. People think that the Villa, I was thinking about this yesterday as well. People think that the Villa Poto turnaround is like a miracle. The Tommy turnaround is unheard of. This media Tommy. I can remember the first time I like chatted to him, he just grunted at the me. The first time that I interviewed Tommy, he gave me one word answers. And it was a four- <laughs> I asked about eight questions and it was a 40 second interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and now How you- did you find today? Yeah, it was good. Um, were you disappointed to lose to Simpson? No, it's all right. Um, <laughs> well, are you looking forward to the GPs coming up? Yeah, it'll be good. Okay. Probably not going to put this out. Yeah. No, I genuinely, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion on it either side. But you bring up a point there because I, there are some people we can bring in as guest co-hosts to give you some time off, which would probably be good for all involved. Hang on a minute. Is at Tosh for Dawson twenty five 
really Adam Wheeler from On Track Off Road? See, like he's another one. He could sit in for a show. But the problem is, if you... Well, why don't you host it then and you can have different people? But this is a problem because you say that Tommy coming in will give you a week off, but the show can't have it where Tommy's in this week, so Lewis is hosting, and then the following week you're back hosting because that's just not... Well, that's actually, that's fine then. This is the perfect scenario. You do the host, and then you can have different people as guests. Well, but then, yeah, okay, maybe we try that. People, let us know what you think, people. Because also, if we're going to be doing triple headers at GPs, effectively, um, the podcast equipment that I bought is I've been obviously Mathis writes weekly or uh, biweekly columns for us, and um, we got quite a good relationship with him, so. I messaged him and asked him what he was using to go to record the shows while he was on location in Houston and Indianapolis and that. And I've ordered that so that I can take it to, if we're doing a triple header in Italy, I can do this show in Italy with people slightly better than James. That's great. And uh, also this gives me a really good uh, opportunity now to launch my new podcast show called MXGP with Birth, where every week I'm going to have a different guest and I'll be taking my podcast equipment away with me. It doesn't have to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's my ball. I'm going to choose who I want to play. <laughs> Were you the kid that got bullied in the playground? No, this is the thing, though. This is the thing. I'm not talking like in a serious... If, if no, maybe nothing needs to change. And fair enough. I'm just coming up with ideas on potential paths forward. So I've well, got to be honest, I cannot believe that Tosh for Dawson 25 is just basically ended my podcast career. <laughs> i got to be honest, I started this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like now I've been ousted from my own podcast. Sometimes you never know when it's your last dance. This is a bit like my business. This is a bit like MX Vice. <laughs> What, what is, is it? Do you, want, if, do you want me to give my truck back? If you leave, if you leave the podcast, you can have the fucking truck. It's ten years old. The podcast is like your last link to MX Vice. <laughs> oh, you're honestly just no. But this is the thing. In all seriousness, I'm genuinely just interested in the feedback because maybe people are like, nothing needs to change, and it works like this. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm just interested to know what people think because no, because all, all people's going to do now is feel sorry for me. Well, you do seem to get have a lot of supporters. But us, well, they'll, be, they'll be coming over to my new show. Us switching seats might be something that people already think is a good idea and we just need to do it. Or maybe I people think, think I it think, works like this. I think at Tosh for Dawson 25 is you and you just want to be the host. No, I don't. I don't. It doesn't make a difference to me. I don't You care. fucking do. You fucking do. I already do enough talking on here. As, it as, is. Long as, you can, as long as you can sleep tonight. You know, that's all what counts. I don't, I don't necessarily want to be the host because I'm not... I'm a 45-year-old washed-up podcast host. <laughs> it's just a thought. It's just something that I'd like feedback on. Yeah, I'll give you some fucking feedback after this fucking show. See, the problem is, James, I'm looking to drive a business forward. And your mentality here is counterproductive to that. It's just, it's just maybe people think, maybe people are going to come back and go, no, it's fine as it is. Don't change what isn't broke. And then I'll be like, all right, fine. It's too, it's too late. <laughs> well, have, have I broken it? Tosh for Dawson, 25, is, is the, literally, that is the, that is the straw that broke the camel's back. I've been carrying this shit for a long time. That's it. This camel's I carrying mean, no if more. people want a bit of insight, this is show 60, and we had to record, we had to start over because James introduced this as show 80. It feels like fucking 80. 
And when James says that if he became a co-host, he'd actually have to do some work, that's probably alarming to a lot of people because you'd be doing more work than that for hosting the show. I literally just turn but up. I spend week. an hour to an hour and a half prepping. He doesn't. Show. He gets a PDF, changes it from 59 to 60, which half the time he doesn't do. The one I'm reading at the moment says fucking episode 57. <laughs> no, it's... Um, and then as I'm saying stuff, he's like, oh, got to change that next week. Got that wrong. No, I don't... You're, I, I, I don't know what hour you put into this fucking PDF, but it's I'll not, put it on nine. There's not an hour spent on this. It's not just into the PDF. It's in gathering the questions, making notes. How much does you ask people on social media? Yeah, but I've got a group of people. your fucking like, job for you. I could start a podcast show with, go on MX Vice and say, send me some questions. I'm actually just, fuck it. Do you know what? If you still want Lewis on this <laughs> podcast show, <laughs> then let me know. Fucking hell. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Lewis. Fuck this podcast show with Tosh for Dawson. I'll see you soon. I think we need to give Tosh a t-shirt because you poor poor guy. <laughs> it's not even you. real. It's not even real. It's probably your mum. This is where you always go, though. I don't care about being the host. I'm just genuinely interested in feedback because we have had that discussion before. Okay. We had, right, you well. admit we had that discussion like two months ago, didn't we, about whether we should swap seats. Right, I'm going now anyway. The podcast isn't over. <laughs> it is. I'm doing something different this week. I'm breaking the mould. <laughs> what? what? So now <laughs> your idea of breaking the mould is just walking off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the end. It's the end. Um, okay? No, I, to be honest, I don't really want to host because I'm. that's, cold, that's quite out. Of oh, I, I think we've worked out you no, do. No, that's quite out of my comfort zone, as we know. In the background, you've been chip, 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 chipping. And then you just drop the bomb. It's not even, this, that was not even a question. You've just used Leah Asfice anything to abuse your power. You're, um, you're uh, on Tuesday, the day before. You- What's happening now is that people are seeing the real Lewis. Yeah, the day Phillips. before the podcast next week, you'll be like, Lewis, you can host this one if you want as a tester. And I'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm so unprepared. <laughs> come on and I'll have jingles with light and mad your host I'll have like walk on music and everything what, what's that fucking sound bite where did that come from like, there'll be new segments and everything oh and someone prepared you're really catching me off guard <laughs> that, is, that is so true that's exactly what you do no, um, in all in all seriousness, we've gone on a bit there. In all seriousness, we're working on quite a lot. I, I alluded to it last week, I think. Um, we were, I'm working on quite a lot of stuff at the moment to take MXYs forward. Like we've got some very cool social media stuff coming for the GPs this year. Stuff that will take GPs up a level. Um, that I'm live, literally, it's done, and we're just waiting for the first GP to start using it because obviously it random to start doing it now. You, you can't take any credit. No, for I this, can't. So I'm these are your colleagues have done all the work. We've got um this new podcast equipment and stuff like the Max thing, which hopefully is going to be another step forward for people and raise the bar a little bit. So I kind of told Lewis to do that about a year ago, been trying to get him to do the equipment. But do you know what? What do I know? I bring nothing to hey, this business. I pay for it out of my own money. Can't complain. Uh, which the actual company is giving you the expenses back next month. Yeah, so... Well, keep going with your other ideas and your new thing and what you're like, doing. I'm, I'm looking at doing some more YouTube stuff just to like... I, which, again, I was I announced this which, earlier, and then you see one video in the week that just broke you. What did I see in the week? 
Uh, there was a video of uh, an interview you wanted to do that someone's already done now because you've been waiting for so long, procrastinating. No, I. to be honest, going on YouTube is pretty much on, the most... Come on, let's tell us more about your new oh. ideas taking the business No, forward. going on YouTube is pretty much my biggest uh, out-of-my-comfort-zone thing ever. So it's, I've got like 87 days to try and get over that. No one's telling you to go naked. You've chosen... Uh, no, I, you, yeah, but you, can't, you know, I am quite um, a stage fright person. That's what she said. Like, Jesus. So yeah... Long story short, there's a lot of things that we're working on to push MX Other people working on within the business. We. Um, and then not to mention, we've got this very cool project that we alluded to last week that's also... I can um, see how this is all working now. Very big for MXGP. You're a very clever person, so, this, Philip. In, you know, like, I'm just interested to know what people would think would benefit this podcast to move this forward as well. And maybe it's nothing. Maybe we just need to tighten up a few bolts, but... Maybe you're just sending a question that someone can manipulate. Yeah, just let us know your feedback. We've gone on a fair bit there. So, yeah, let us know your feedback. All the best. Okay. That's great. I'd like to thank you for listening to episode it? 60 uh, of the MX Vice show. I am sorry to say this is going to be my last ever episode. <laughs> Don't do that because people take you seriously. And um, you know what? Good luck to <laughs> Lewis in his new hosting position. And you know, Tommy, I who's a guest. You need to be the co-host. I need a co-host. Okay, so... Yeah, it was nice. i done 60. Uh, but as I say, 60 and out. Uh, I would like to thank the sponsors that I brought to the show in the first place. Fly Racing, Liat Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, even Stroke, Supercross.live TV, Backyard Design UK, Blenzel Oils, and Talon Engineering. Talon Engineering, who have been with me since 10 years. I first met them at a dirt bike show, and I sold them the dream. They profited from their business, and it's been very, very successful. But do you know what? Do you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's great. No, no one wants to know what's funny. the sponsors that you brought to the show. But I listened to the listen, and I think there's two of them. Yeah, just one like, of them is even strokes your own business. Even came up with the name MX Vice, uh, created the first website. Yeah, but now you're you know, going to worry. Built people. the platform, stood on a hill in rain and wind until someone took that away from me. But it was spending the but, but just you know what? Whatever. Do you know whatever? Uh, I'm just off to uh, to go on my mountain bike and cry. Um, so good luck. It's nice. Uh, to have done this no, while I could. Look, be serious now. We just want feedback from people, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Also next week, make sure you listen into the all new British podcast <laughs> no, show no, no, where no, I will no, be hosting and no one can take that away from We're me. We're not going down this route. We're not going down this route. Okay. Right. <laughs> you you paused him and you were going to say, say bye, Lewis. I know it. I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So if you would like to bow out of this last ever collaborated podcast, Lewis, you may say a farewell uh, to the original MXY show to our readers. James is the readers and listeners. And listeners. This is how traumatized I am now. Um, in all I just hope you can sleep tonight, Tosh4 Dawson25. I really do hope you can. James isn't going anywhere. Just... And especially, believe it, believe he's not going anywhere because there's no way that even strokes are you smarter than a birth game is going anywhere. <laughs> that, see, that's the tormented thing you'd actually do. You'd say, okay, yeah, we're changing hosts, changing everything, but we're still going to bring you back to ridicule you, you prick. 
No, no, you're not going anywhere. Just give. I feel like that old guy that's been put in a care home who's just rocking there and calling everybody Dave because he can't remember their name. Just give us, feel free to give us some feedback on what you think because there's quite a few different things we can do. So we've got 87 days for the first GP. So like to know, I just can replace the host. Because like people, I'd imagine people don't really give us thoughts on the dynamic of this podcast. I've got to be honest. I thought we were past this. Eight, I just showed commitment eight in a row. And <laughs> I wasn't even going to... Us switching seats isn't going to change anything. I, I, the only reason I brought it up is because that question just randomly made me think. Randomly, yeah. Randomly. Thanks, Pidey. There's a, reason it, Elliot. there's a reason it was conveniently placed on the end of the questions to allow us this room to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Liat's definitely got their money's worth this, this week. Tell me more about the Liat 4.5 boots. Well, actually, uh, I am going to test the Liat uh, uh, boots. I'm going to go out and buy myself some. Uh, I'm also going to go out and buy myself a Fly Formula helmet. Well, earlier in the show, you are asking for one for free. So what one is it? Uh, I'm going to go out and buy both. Oh. Uh, because I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and test them myself. No bias. Because we talk a great game. And I want to make sure that we do it. See, this is what I this is what I wanted. I've given you a little nudge, and now you're suddenly very proactive. Yeah, and if you listened in to the British podcast right. show, yeah. I would tell you all the results of the uh, Fly Hel- Formula helmet <laughs> and also the Liat Flex Socks boots. So 4.5. tune in next week for how great those products are as they come on as my new show sponsors. All right, we need to end this. You've now gone on for quite long. Okay. Say right. <laughs> you don't know how to end it without that, do you? You just don't know what to do. I, I'm happy to end. It just feels like you don't want to leave this. No, we're not leave. We'll be back next week. Same old dynamic. It's fine. Just interested in people's feedback, and I'm sure that it's not now because I've got 1,260 Gmail accounts that I'm going to send in reply saying I cannot wait for the British podcast show. It's going to be the best thing ever. Well. Maybe next Where week. Where I talk we'll, about MXGP you know if, and Supercross. If, <laughs> okay, that makes it already makes no sense. <laughs> Actually, I wonder what JT's up to next week. I might give him a shame. Okay, now you're worrying me. Cool. Right. Uh, say bye, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it. We're off. I've fucking had enough of this. Uh, I'm off to do some work. Uh, Lewis is off because he's got his own way. I haven't got my own way. Nothing's been decided. We've asked. It's already been decided, Lewis. It's been decided in my head, which that's what counts. Say bye, Lewis. (laughs) I just see you can do it. (laughs) Bye, everyone. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets 
are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.